Hello everyone, and welcome to JTalk Extra Time. I'm James Taylor, and in part one of this week's episode, I'll be reviewing all the action from round 31 of J2. In part two, I had a quick chat with Mike Innes about a new development in the online J-League community, and then set him loose to round up all the weekend's J3 games in JTalk Short Corner. Let's start at the top of J2 then, and strap yourselves in for a blistering match between Shimizu Espos and Machida Zelvia. 17,989 spectators were at Nihondaira to watch a game with implications for the title, as Machida went into it with a 9-point lead and a game in hand over second place, while Shimizu were just 2 points further back in third. The match started at a high tempo, and it was the league leaders who took an early lead when Daigo Takahashi pounced on a loose ball 6 yards out in just the 4th minute. There was a worrying moment early on for Machida as their leading scorer Eric took a knock and went off for treatment but was able to carry on and he got the second goal in the 23rd minute. Zento Uno played a high ball out for Yu Hirakawa on the right and Hirakawa's low cross was turned in by Eric. In between those goals there were a couple of flashpoints. First, a rough challenge by Thiago Santana earned the Shimizu striker a yellow in the 10th minute and then a few minutes later, Machida's Shota Fujio caught Shimizu keeper Shuichi Gonda after he'd kicked the ball upfield. There was a lot of uh, grabbing and shoving, and then when the referee wasn't looking, Shimizu defender Ronaldo pushed Eric, who went down like a felled tree. Just a yellow card for Ronaldo, though. Gonda saved well on the half hour from Eric, who had to go off seven minutes later. He injured his knee, trying to change direction quickly. His replacement, Byron Vasquez, was immediately fouled by Takashi Inui, who even after being booked, continued to remonstrate with the referee and might consider himself lucky not to have received a second yellow. Shimizu pulled one back just before half-time, a free-kick routine that produced a fine reaction save by William Pop from a Yuji Takahashi header. Unfortunately for Pop, Carlinhos Jr. was on hand to score from the rebound, so it was 2-1 to Machida at half-time. Shimizu drew level on the hour, Inui received a pass midway in his own half, facing his own goal, spun to get away from Uno and dribbled upfield, evading the tackle of Renji Matsui and shooting from 25 yards, a shot which clipped Matsui's foot and looped over Pop and into the net. The last half an hour was mostly Shimizu and the pressure finally told in the 84th minute, when Thiago Santana got just far enough away from his marker to power in a header from 10 yards. There was even time for Shimizu's Osehun to miss a sitter, with Pop nowhere to be seen, having gone up for a corner. The final score, Shimizu Espos 3, Machida Zelvia 2. Shimizu just seemed unstoppable at the moment, unbeaten in 9 now, and keeping up the pressure on the top 2. Machida's lead is cut to 6 points. Shimizu manager Tadahiro Akiba entertained everyone, and gave the meme artists some new material, with a sequel to his This Is Football post-match interview. Truly something for everyone in this match. Sandwiched between Machida and Shimizu are Jubilo Iwata, who won 1-0 away to Vanfare Kofu, thanks to a Rio Jomain goal, his ninth of the season, just before half-time. Iwata started strongly and had chances through Ko Matsubara, who shot wide, and Shota Kaneko and Ricardo Grassa, both of whom saw their efforts saved brilliantly by Kode Yamauchi. Kofu had a good chance of their own in the 36th minute, but Sode Hasukawa and Peter Utaka somehow contrived not to tap in a corner at the back post. Jermaine's goal was a header from a corner as he outjumped Utaka and Eduardo Mancha. Early in the second half, Yamauchi made another fine save from a long-range shot by Dudu and Yuji Kajikawa in the Iwata goal made two good saves from close range to preserve the lead. The first was in the 76th minute when Kofu's Kosuke Takitomi had turned his man six yards out and Kajikawa was already on the ground but shuffled across to save. 
The second came in the fifth minute of stoppage time from a one-on-one with Utaka. It ended Kofu nil, Iwata one. A third loss in the last five for Kofu, who drop out of the playoffs to ninth, although they're level on points with the three teams above them. A worrying loss of form as they approach their Asian Champions League campaign. Tokyo Verdi are still plugging away in fourth. They travelled north to take on lowly Iwaki FC. Not many chances in this one, and it was a familiar story for both teams. Verdi struggled to create much in attack, while Iwaki were able to make some openings, but poor finishing let them down. The closest Iwaki came was a first-half effort from Kotaro Arima that hit the bar, while Verdi's best chance was flicked across the face of the goal by Itsuki Someno in the second half. They ended goalless, Verdi are now two points behind third, and four points off automatic promotion. Iwaki are 18th on a run of three straight draws, two points clear of relegation. Oita Trinita's poor form continued with a 1-0 loss away to Fajiano Okayama. The goal came five minutes before half-time, or so Okayama thought, when Taishi Semba slid in at the back post to convert a low cross. But it was an offside somewhere, and it was disallowed. No such problem for Yoshitake Suzuki in the 57th minute, as a corner was headed back across goal for him to score. That corner came about after an excellent save by Konosuke Nishikawa. Oita's Keita Takahata lashed a shot off the post in the 67th minute and Samuel put the rebound wide as Oita lost for the fifth time in the last eight games. They only have two wins in the last ten. They're in fifth, four points behind Verdi and two ahead of four chasing teams. Okayama are tenth, five points off the playoffs. Monterio Yamagata moved into the playoff places for the first time this season with a 2-0 win over the desperately out-of-form Ruasso Kumamoto. Zane Isaka opened the scoring after three minutes with a shot from the edge of the area after Kumamoto's Yuhi Takimoto stepped up and mistimed the tackle and Isaka got between the centre-backs. Yamagata goalie Masaki Goto saved a low shot from Takuya Shimamura in the 24th minute and nine minutes later Yamagata had their second. Leo Takai had seemingly the entire midfield to himself and played the ball to a similarly free Isaka out on the right. Isaka crossed and Yoshiki Fujimoto headed in. Goto again saved well from Rimu Matsuoka before half-time. In the second half, Isaka and substitute Della Torre twice shot wide on the counter-attack and Kumamoto hit the post in the 90th minute but it ended 2-0. A fifth consecutive win for Yamagata who are sixth now, level on points with Nagasaki, Gunma and Kofu. That makes 11 league games without a win for Kumamoto, who slipped to 17th, just two points above the drop zone. Viva and Nagasaki are also in 6th, although ranked below Yamagata, after they let a 1-0 lead slip at home to Tochigi SC. Nagasaki gave a first start to their latest Brazilian signing, Matheus Jesus. The first chance of the game went to Tochigi, though, whose striker Ismaela headed a corner just wide. Nagasaki's first chance came after half an hour, Keita Nakamura seeing his header turned away by Kazuki Fujita. The play was recycled though, and Marcos Grieme, who'd crossed for Nakamura moments before, got the ball in the centre of the pitch and passed to Juanma Delgado, who turned past his marker and slotted past Fujita from just inside the area, his 17th goal of the season. Nagasaki were reduced to 10 men in the 53rd minute when Hiroki Akino slid in on Kosuke Kambe with his studs up right in front of the referee. Tochiki drew level in the 68th minute when Ryo Nemoto headed in across from Ismaila. Juanma hit the post five minutes later after dribbling round a couple of defenders in the Tochiki box and a long-distance solo run by Nagasaki sub Asahi Masuyama ended in a save by Fujita. As full-time approached, Ismaila dribbled up the left side of the Nagasaki area and was dispossessed on the byline by Carlos Gutierrez, who kept the ball in play but could only clear weakly. Well, in fact, he didn't clear it as Tochiki's Koki Oshima took possession 12 yards from goal 
moved the ball onto his left foot and blasted a low shot under Gol Hatano's hand and in for an 89th minute winner and a huge three points for Tochigi, who jump up to 15th, three points above the bottom two. So far this season, in the last 15 minutes of games, Tochigi have scored seven and conceded 12. It might be worth tuning into at least the final parts of their matches. Nagasaki, meanwhile, not only have the same number of points as Yamagata, but also the same goal difference, same number of goals scored, and the same number of goals conceded. So there are currently five teams occupying the four playoff spots, according to the J-League website. Nagasaki will need to find some consistency quickly if they still want to be in the top six at the end of the season. In mid-table, there were five goals in the game between 11th place Jeff United Chiba and 12th place Fujieda Mai FC, teams separated by just one position but looking in opposite directions, I suspect. Fujieda's defence was again their Achilles heel as they allowed Tomoya Miki to steal the ball near their area early on. Fortunately for them, Dudu's header was straight at the goalie Kai Chidi Kitamura. They didn't learn though and gifted Jeff the lead in the 18th minute. A Fujieda throw-in near the halfway line was thrown to the goalie way upfield. He passed left to teammate Masayuki Yamada, who took a heavy touch and then passed straight to opponent Hiro Komori, who advanced to the edge of the area and shot low past the retreating Kitamura. In the 36th minute, Fujieda lost possession in attack on the right wing. Dudu took the ball upfield into the Fujieda half and played in Koya Kazuma, one of two Jeff attackers who were free on the right side. Kazuma coolly dinked the ball over Kitamura for 2-0. Dudu made it three on the stroke of half-time, jumping to head in a corner, completely unimpeded by any Fujieda players. 3-0 at half-time then, and Fujieda made three substitutions at the break. They pulled a goal back in the 69th minute when a free kick from the left side of the Jeff penalty box was played low to Ken Yamura, waiting in the middle of the D, and he swept a left-footed shot through a crowd and into the net. Anderson made it 3-2 in the 81st minute when he managed to stay on side to run onto a through ball and shoot across the keeper. But they couldn't undo their terrible work in the first half, and it ended 3-2. A third consecutive loss for Fujieda, who dropped one place to 13th, and are winless in seven, and only five points clear of relegation. Jeff stays safely ensconced in 11th, five points off the playoffs. Mito Hollyhock drew for the fifth game in a row, this time at home to Blaublitz Akita. Akita midfielder Hiroto Moroka hit the outside of the post with a shot from just outside the area after a quarter of an hour, but it was Mito who scored first in the fourth minute of first-half stoppage time. A low, long-range shot from Mizuki Anno that took enough of a deflection to give Akita's keeper no chance. Akita equalised in the 87th minute. A high corner to the back post found its way back across goal, where Yukihito Kajia was waiting to knock it in with his left foot. Won all the final score, so Akita move up a place to 12th, five points clear of relegation but winless in four, while Mito are 16th, three points above the drop, unbeaten in six, but also winless in five. There was joy for Vegalta Sendai and heartbreak for Omiya Ardija at the Yurtek Stadium, where a 95th minute goal by Everton gave the hosts their first win since the 7th of June, 12 matches ago. Omiya keeper Takashi Kasahara made a good save from a Yuta Goke header in the first half, and Omiya should have had a penalty when a shot hit Masashi Wakasa's arm, but the referee only gave a corner. In the second half, a ball over the top found Ryoma Kida, but Omiya defender Kaike did enough to deflect the Sendai substitute's shot wide. Shortly after, Keisuke Muroi had a good chance for Omiya, but blasted his shot over from 18 yards, and Fumiya Takayanagi did the same with a free kick in the 85th minute. As the clock ticked over to 94 minutes, a Sendai corner found the head of Everton, and Kasahara could only watch it as it nestled in the far corner. A long-awaited 1-0 win for Sendai, who were 13th, 
four points clear of relegation. Ormia's unbeaten run ends at five. They're still bottom on 26 points, six behind 21st place. The identity of the team in 21st place was confirmed on Sunday night as Tokushima Vortis hosted Renofa Yamaguchi, 21st versus 20th going into the weekend, a relegation six-pointer. Vortis took the lead in the sixth minute. A high ball out of defence was headed on by Yoichiro Kakitani to Kaito Mori, who dribbled upfield before passing to Taiyo Nishino on the right. Nishino crossed in the direction of his four waiting teammates on the edge of the area. There were three Yamaguchi defenders on the edge of the six-yard box. And Eiji Shirai hit a first-time shot from 15 yards past Riku Terakado in the Yamaguchi goal. Yamaguchi thought they'd equalised in the 14th minute when Silvio Junior tapped him from close, but he was offside. And there was a good save from Jose Arelo Suarez on Riku Kamigaki in that passage of play. Suarez made another good save in the 21st minute from a Kota Kawano header. Then in the 26th minute, Nishino took advantage of a poor pass from Yamaguchi's Hiro Mizuguchi on the edge of the area to dribble into the box and score with a shot that deflected out of Terakado's reach to double the lead. Having already made a substitution after 33 minutes, Mizuguchi taken off in favour of attacker Joji Ikigami, Yamaguchi made a further two changes at half-time. One of them, Yusuke Minagawa, had a header tipped over the bar early in the second half, but apart from that, Tokushima saw out the game in a fairly comfortable fashion, 2-0, ending a 10-game winless run in the league and moving them up a couple of places to 19th, a point ahead of Yamaguchi, who are winless in six, five of them losses. They are the new occupants of 21st place. There's one more game to talk about, well, a third of a game actually, as Zaspa Kasad's Gunma against Degen Kanazawa was abandoned after 31 minutes due to thunder. Gunma went into the game knowing a win would move them up to 5th as they were on a 10-game unbeaten run. Kanazawa sat in 19th but were unbeaten in their last 10 games against their hosts. The first half an hour passed with both teams enjoying extended spells of possession but without either goalkeeper being unduly troubled and was goalless when the referee took the players off. A date for the remainder of the game has not been announced yet so for now Gunma are 8th and Kanazawa are 20th. Time now to take a quick look at this weekend's fixtures. J2 Match Day 32 takes place on Saturday the 26th and Sunday the 27th of August. There are three games at 6 o'clock on Saturday. Tochigi against Mito, a Kitakanto derby between 15th and 16th. Also, Tokyo Verdi versus Okayama, that's 4th against 10th. And leaders Machida play in form Yamagata. Then there are six games kicking off at 7 o'clock, including another huge one between Kanazawa and Tokushima, 20th v 19th. Those teams have met 15 times and Kanazawa have only won twice. Also at 7 o'clock, Omiya play the bafflingly inconsistent Nagasaki. Second place Iwata take on 11th place Jeff United. Fujieda face Gumma. Struggling Yamaguchi welcome out of form Kofu. And similarly out of form Oita welcome a Sendai team that will look to build on that first win for two months. Then there are two games on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. The high-scoring Shimizu travel north to try and break down the strong defence of Akita. And at 7 o'clock, 17th plays 18th at the Egao Kenko Stadium, Kumamoto against Iwaki. That's all for the J2 section of the pod. Before we move on, I'd just like to thank everyone who listens, downloads and shares the pod. And in particular, a big thank you to people who support us on Patreon. Coming up next is my chat with Mike. J2 Extra Time. Welcome back to JTalk Extra Time. I'm here now with Mike Innes. What are you doing in this part of the pod? <laughs> it is. 
it's a, it's a, it's a terrible mistake, uh, but uh, let, let's see what we can make of it. Yes, yeah, we don't usually let you talk to uh, other people on the pod, but uh, you're here because, uh, well, a few days ago or a couple of weeks ago, John tweeted he was getting frustrated with uh, Twitter as a platform for talking about Japanese football. And I understand following John's tweet, you've been looking at what we can do about that. Yeah, that's right. So um, I think lots of people over the last few months have been expressing doubts about Twitter. So, I mean, John was talking about a uh, sort of poor user experience, um, mm. uh, but I'd also say that that kind of dissatisfaction includes, you know, there are some sort of practical aspects to it. For example, uh, limited access to tweets or tweets no longer uh, appearing reliably in chronological order. Um, some people are, you know, angry or upset about the political aspects of it. So, you know, things like fatigue with user as product or the use of the platform to spread disinformation and as a tool for aggression, especially against minorities. Um, mm. Some people don't like things from an aesthetic point of view. You know, I've seen uh, people say, I didn't sign up to have a big ugly X on my phone, for example. <laughs> and just a general lack of confidence about the platform and its reliability, medium to long term. Mm. So there are a lot of things that Twitter users generally are unhappy about in terms of continuing to use the platform. And JTEC listeners may share those concerns. So following on from John's tweet, um, I and a few other people decided to look seriously at an alternative for what I will call the English language J-League community, which has developed on Twitter um, over the years. Okay, but what's that involved? Um, so there's been a lot of discussion um, uh, around other possible platforms um, with a focus on identifying the best solution to support uh, our community, not necessarily to replicate how Twitter was or how it has been, um, but to meet the needs and interests now of people who really love Japanese football but are you know, uneasy or just plain annoyed about using Twitter now to talk about the J-League. So that discussion has pointed in one clear direction to offer a new space for the community and to encourage people to use it. Um, and we've looked at 10 or a dozen different possibilities and configurations. So, you know, threads and Mastodon and old school forums, all sorts of things. And as a result, we've taken the step of setting up uh, a brand new dedicated Discord server. So it's called J League Chat um, and it's got spaces for talking about all aspects of football in Japan, J1, J2, J3, Samurai Blue, the Wii League, Nadeshko, non-league, amateur game, everything. Um, dead easy to get started and to use. You can access it via the web or via an app. You don't have to download an app if you don't want to. Okay. Uh, so we'll talk about access in a moment, but what does this mean for people using Twitter to talk about the J League now? 
So that's a good question. So obviously what we have now is a kind of like a loose community. No one can tell anyone else what to do with their Twitter account. No one wants to do that. So personally, what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep my account because it makes it easier to keep an eye on tweets from things like official club accounts, uh, which is useful for me, for me because I, I need that for to do the pod. Mm. But what I'm not going to do is actively tweet. So for me, the J-League conversations, which would have taken place on Twitter, will now take place on the J-League chat Discord. So mm -hmm. we do know that there is another existing Discord server which is J-League related, but it's a different demographic and it's a different vibe from what we have on Twitter. We don't want to step on their toes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they've got their, they do their thing and that's absolutely cool. But we hope that JTET listeners and people who've used Twitter to talk about football in Japan will now sort of join us on Discord at JLeague Chat. All right, sounds good. Um, how how do we do that? So to get involved, uh, people will need two things. So you'll need a Discord account, which you can set up at discord.com. And you'll need uh, an invite to JLE chat. And you can request an invite from uh, the link in the show notes. Uh, and we'll be circulating it on Twitter to make sure as many people as possible get to hear about it and feel encouraged to, to join in. All right. Sounds really good. Uh, thanks very much, Mike. And, uh, yeah, I hope that, that people will... Uh, Will feel uh, yeah encouraged to come and, and chat on on Discord and uh, yeah let's let's keep chatting about J League I love it it's brilliant um, so yeah thanks Mike for for, for setting it up and uh, and for uh, for telling us about it and uh, you better get your skates on because coming up uh, after a quick hit of music it's uh, your turn to do uh, J Talk short corner. J Talk extra time. Hello everyone and welcome to J Talk Short Corner, the mini pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J League. I'm your host Mike Innes and in this episode I'll be looking back on fixtures in round 23 of the J3 season as well as previewing the round 24 matches coming up this weekend. There were nine games on Saturday the 19th and leaders Ehime FC conceded deep into injury time to be held to a draw in their match at Iwate Gruja Morioka. They conceded early too in the fourth minute, Iwate striker Douglas Oliveira leading a counter-attack down the right and crossing for Kenneth Otabo who chested it down and drove his shot past Shugo Tsuji. The home side held firm until well into the second half, although Ben Duncan came close to an equaliser when he hit the post with a low shot on 67 minutes. The Mighty Mikans eventually pulled level with 13 minutes to go, Takumi Sasaki advancing into the area and having his shot blocked by Kentaro Kai, the loose ball falling to rookie Yuta Fukazawa, who made no mistake from 10 yards. 
In the closing stages, Gruja threw on 41-year-old Daisuke Nasu, one of a trio of veteran defenders to join the club over the last few weeks, but he could do nothing to prevent a speedy Ehime counter-attack. Ryo Sato crossing for the unmarked Duncan to score with ease. The J3 frontrunners couldn't see out the wind though, Captain Sora Ogawa giving away a penalty when he hauled down Miyu Sato out to Takanakamura, sending Tsuji the wrong way from the spot. Final score Iwate 2, Ehime 2. More fight shown by the paper cranes compared with last week's non event against Van Rade Hachinohe. Credit to Kenneth Otabo, an unsung hero with three in the last four games. Garuja now sit 12th. Some disappointment for Ehime, but they're 10 unbeaten and stay top. Ehime's draw meant they stretched their lead at the top to four points over Katare Toyama, beaten at one of the division's form teams, Fukushima United. Katare were in charge in the first half but couldn't score. Daichi Matsuoka shooting off target on a number of occasions. Yoji Sasaki having a header well saved by Kaito Yamamoto. The follow-up hooked clear by Kosuke Tanaka just as Kyosuke Kamiyama was preparing to convert. 0-0 at half-time, the hosts came more into it in the second period, taking the lead just after the hour. A well-worked corner kick routine, swung in by Kota Mori, nodded on by Shun Orbu and with a clinical finish from Uheiji Uehata. Katane then showed little sign they could get back on level terms and the final score was indeed Fukushima 1, Toyama 0. Fukushima now 6 unbeaten since Matsumasa Yoda took over the self-belief the new coach has instilled, making the team unrecognisable. The 17th but 8 points off the bottom. Katare coach Michiharu Otagiri made three changes to his back four and arguably paid the price. His team stay second but are now only a point ahead of their closest challengers. And those challengers are Azul Claro Numazu, who continued their extraordinary season with a win at Van Rade Hachinohe. The team's star performer remains Noah Kenshin Brown, who, having registered four goals in the previous four seasons, has now managed eight in 13 matches, adding two to his tally here. The first opened the scoring in the 12th minute when Takumi Hama's high ball eluded home defender Teppe Chikaishi, allowing Brown to head coolly in. Tatsuya Anzai kept Numazu in front when he cleared Shintaro Kato's goal-bound header off the line, and the visitors went two up on 37 minutes, Kyota Mochi playing it in for Brown, whose rather fortuitous flick reached Yuma Modi, who absolutely lashed it in from five yards outside the box. 
Vandenade have somewhat struggled at home this season, but they gave it their best shot, pulling one back before half-time through Yuya Jimeno, heading in the rebound after Aoi Sato's shot had been well saved by Hiromu Musha. But in the 63rd minute, Azul Klano restored their two-goal advantage with the simplest of goals. Takami Tsukui swinging in a corner, Brown beating Yuki Aida to head it in at the near post. It was nearly 4-1 soon afterwards, Naoki Sato's powerful shot bringing a good save out of Yusuke Taniguchi. But five minutes from time, the hosts managed another Korki Maezawa's low cross swept in by the unmarked Kai Sasaki. Final score, Hachinohe 2, Numazu 3, a fifth home loss for Vanderade, now 13th. Azul Claro can't be promoted, they haven't applied for a J2 licence, but they're certainly in the mix, five points clear in third. So who's behind Numazu in fourth? It's not Kagoshima United, it's not FC Imabari, it's FC Gifu, who became the latest team to deliver a thumping to AC Nagano Paseiro. Gifu went in front at the Nagano U Stadium midway through the first half with a classic Route 1 goal. Keeper Shu Mogi launching a free kick upfield, Charles Unduka heading it on, Korsuke Fujioka clipping it over Taro Hamada with an exquisite first-time volley. The lead lasted only five minutes, Yuma Funabashi crossing from the right for Naoki Sanda to finish into the roof of the net, prompting a determined round of high-fiving from Yuki Stealth. But that was as good as it got for the Paseiro coach. Two minutes later, the visitors restored their advantage, Yoshiatsu Oiji floating in a free kick, Fujioka not quite getting clean contact on it, the unlikely figure of centre-back Genichi Endo poking the loose ball over the line. Excruciating defending by Nagano, a theme that developed further in the second half, they could not deal with the visitors' pace and movement. And it was 3-1 on 67 minutes, Fujioka winning it in midfield and threading a delicious ball through for Toma Murata to finish with his left foot. A fourth came from Yosuke Kashiwagi's corner kick, half cleared by Korken Kato, driven back in by Tomoya Ugajin. Hamada made the save, Fujioka crashed the loose ball high into the net. The scoring was completed on 83 minutes, another example of the home back line being cut open by the speed of the Gifu front players. Substitute Yuta Togashi gaining possession on halfway, Murata advancing to the edge of the box and feeding another sub, Hirofumi Yamauchi, for a composed finish inside the far post. Final score, Nagano 1, Gifu 5, a new low for Paseiro, who, let's not forget, won away at Kagoshima last week. They're 14th. The first time Gifu have scored 5 in a league game since 2009. The first time they've been in the top 4 all season. And Kagoshima drop out of the top four following their home loss to Matsumoto Yamaga. 
The visitors, coming into the game with only one win in the previous eight, went ahead in the 12th minute when right-back Saul Fujitani's run into the box wasn't tracked by Atsuki Satsukawa, enabling Fujitani to fire inside the far post for his first J-League goal. Yamaga almost went 2-0 ahead soon afterwards, Ren Komatsu's header from Kunitomo Suzuki's cross bringing a point-blank save from Kenta Matsuyama. The second goal eventually came in the 53rd minute. Left-back Yota Shimokawa pulled down in the area by Junki Goryo, then Komatsu driving home the spot kick for his 15th of the season. The closest the home side came to scoring was late on, a goal scramble in which Masayoshi Endo and Frank Romero both had shots blocked, but they never forced a save out of Tomohiko Murayama. Final score, Kagoshima 0, Matsumoto 2. Naoto Otake's Kagoshima now on the poorest run of form of anyone in the division. The changes he's introduced to the lineup, some enforced, some not, aren't serving to drive the team forward and they slip to fifth. An example of the kind of assured performance Masahiro Shimoda's Yamaga are capable of producing, but so rarely do they climb back up to tenth. Meanwhile, Imabari made it two losses from two under new coach Naoto Kudo, appointed on a permanent basis in the Shikoku derby at Kamatamari Senoki. Keeper John Anders Cernantes was back in the starting lineup for Imabari after a long spell out injured, and Cernantes did well to save a one-on-one with Yuto Mori just before the break. A few minutes earlier, the Ehime Dark Blues had almost opened the scoring as Kanta Chiba swept a shot against the post following good work by Yuma Matsumoto. In last week's pod, I mentioned Gentaro Yoshida as an impactful player for Kamatamari, and that proved to be the case here, his surging pace on the left causing problems for the Imabari back line. And 20 minutes from time, Yoshida exchanged passes with Takuma Goto and cut inside to feed Mori, whose snapshot nicked off Matsumoto and beyond the reach of Serantes. Final score, Sanuki 1, Imabari 0. The best home crowd in five years for the Noodle Boys. More than 5,500. A run of one defeat in seven consolidates their position, now 15th. Imabari are set up for promotion. They have the squad, they have the stadium, they don't have the on-field consistency. Now 6th, 7 points off the top 2. On goal difference only, Imabari are ahead of Gainare Totori, who bounced back from last week's defeat at Ehime with a home win over Tegevajaro Miyazaki. Former Senoki striker Kentaro Shigematsu gave Gainari an early lead, picking up on Taku Ushinohama's clever layoff and firing into the top corner from 20 yards. Tegavajaro pressed for an equaliser in the first half and Daisuke Ishizu had a goal chalked off for offside, but homekeeper Koshiro Itohara had a comfortable evening all told. And Totori took control after the interval. Makoto Fukuin 
first hitting the bar and shortly afterwards sending in a free kick that Ryoya Izumi met with a powerful downwards header. Keeper Kokoro Aoki blocked it on the line. Shigematsu was on hand to score his second of the game. There was no way back from there for the home side. Final score Totori 2 Miyazaki 0. Make no mistake, Gainare are one of the better sides in the division, upwardly mobile in 7th. Tegevajaro, meanwhile, are among the large number of teams who occupy mid-table, bearing in mind 4th and 18th are separated by only 7 points. They're currently 11th. There were a couple of key games in the lower reaches of the table, not least bottom side SC Sagami Hanas, Kanagawa Derby at home to YSCC Yokohama. YSCC, who in midweek lost top scorer Sho Fukuda, departed for J1 and Shonan Belmare, nevertheless drew first blood in the 15th minute, ready-made replacement Daiki Sato, sprinting away from Ryoji Yamashita and beating John Higashi at his near post. The visitors had the better of the first half but couldn't add to their lead, enabling Sagami Hana to pull level three minutes after the restart. Yuzu Iwakami's free kick headed in by Daisuke Kato, his first J-League goal. And the Green and Blacks clinched only their fourth win of the season with four minutes to go. Tsubasa Andos well-judged through pass, setting up Carlos Duke, who raced in on goal and beat Jun Kodama from the edge of the area. Final score, Sagami had a 2-YSCC-1. Kazuyuki Toda's team move off the bottom of the table to 19th for the first time in two months. It's ten points from their last four home games that's done it. YSCC are 16th, one of three teams on 27 points. And so, heading back down to the bottom of the standings go Giravance Kitakyushu, who despite a season's best crowd of more than 8,000, suffered a home loss to FC Ryukyu. Decisive moment in this one came 20 minutes from the end, Ryunosuke Noda climbing above Kota Muramatsu to head in Takayuki Takayasu's cross. Unusually, Giravance did then carve out some chances to equalise. Yuki Okana's header bringing a spectacular save out of Danny Carvajal and a header by Mikel Agu thumping against the bar. Final score though, Kitakyushu nil, Ryukyu won. The Sunflowers' troubles in front of goal continue and on current showing, they do look the weakest team in the division. Ryukyu, who welcomed back both Kelvin and Saddam Suley, steady the ship with a first win in five to stay 18th. That left just the one game on Sunday the 20th in which FC Osaka knew a home win over off-form Nana Club would take them into the top four. Not a match to live long in the memory, this one. The hosts rarely forced visiting keeper Shinji Okada into serious action, and in an encounter dominated by set plays, it was Nana who registered the only goal with 10 minutes left in the first half. Big Sotaro Yamamoto rising to head in Kensei Nakashima's corner at the near post. Final score, Osaka nil, Nana won. A first loss in two and a half months for Osaka, who slipped to eighth. 
A first win in six for Nana. They climb to ninth. So now to run through the top and bottom of the league standings after round 23. The top six are Ehime with 44 points, Toyama with 40, Numazu 39, Gifu and Kagoshima 34, Imabari 33. At the other end of the table, the bottom six are Sanuki with 28 points, YSCC, Fukushima and Ryukyu with 27. Ryukyu have a game in hand. Sagamihana, 20. And bottom of the table with 19, Kitakyushu. I'm recording this episode ahead of the rearranged match between Hachinohe and Ryukyu, now scheduled for Wednesday the 23rd. Coverage in next week's pod. Just time now, though, for a quick look ahead to the round 24 fixtures this weekend, when there are eight games on Saturday the 26th. Leaders Ehime host a Shikoku derby against Sanaki. Toyama will aim to complete a double at home to Iwate. Two teams on the edge of the promotion race meet at Gifu, where the visitors are Tottori. Big game for off-form Kagoshima as they head to lowly Kitakyushu. Imabari have a tough match in prospect at Matsumoto. Lower down the table, Sagamihara take their less than stellar away form to Ryukyu. Improving Fukushima go to Miyazaki. And Nara are at home to the ever inconsistent Nagano. Two games then on Sunday the 27th. High-flying Numazu play host to Osaka. And finally, YSCC have a tricky home match against Hachinohe. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say, thanks for listening, enjoy your football, and see you next time. Bye for now.